I don't know about you, but I love being under the tent. That's not the only reason why we're here. We did love it, though, when we were under the tent, and we didn't lose any times. There was one time I almost got blown off the dais because it was so windy. This day is not that bad, but it was, we never got rained out. We never, any of that. And so we just decided once or twice a year we would do this because it's so fun to all be together. And it's so fun to be outside and we can. And some of our friends who live in the snow are jealous and that's okay too. And anyway, it's just a lovely day. And we're so glad that all of you are here. We're going to look at just two verses today for our brief meditation. Last week, you might remember, we looked at the whole chapter of Isaiah, and today we're just looking at two verses, so we kind of go do all of it. To the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, the two verses are in your bulletin. We're going to be in Colossians 2 and uh, verses 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord... Continue to walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Colossians 2 addresses what we might call alternative teaching. We might call it bad teaching, dangerous teaching. Teaching that was steering the church in the wrong way. Anyone ever have ungodly teaching? Anyone ever sit under an ungodly leader who had their own motivation? Whose motivation wasn't what the Lord wanted or the Lord's word. I'm not talking about a bad sermon. I'm not talking about where you're bored because the pastor goes on and on. That never happens here. I'm talking about teaching that is contrary to the word of God. The early church called them heresies, things that are actually dangerous, but being passed off as the word of the Lord. There are people, for whatever reason, who want to trick others to what they say is true. They want followers. They want lots of things. We're not here to talk about them. But one way to stay in the truth is by being diligent to listen to the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Is by doing your own study. Someone says something and you say, where did you get that? Is by talking to one another in small groups and in council, saying, let's really seek this, this, this situation together. What is going on here? And in this chapter, Paul is reminding the followers of Jesus, don't listen to the wisdom of the world. Be careful about legalism and mysticism. Those were the things that were going on in their day. We have all kinds of things that are going on in our day. You know what they are. And Paul tells them how greatly he strives for them to be encouraged and united in love. Do you know that pastors strive for you? They strive for you. They pray for you. They worry about you. Are you being grown up in the Lord? That's our job. It's your job too, but it's our job too. Paul wanted them to be assured of how much they had God's wisdom. And they knew that they had God's wisdom. And they didn't need some Yahoo coming and saying something that was dangerous and untrue. Amen? Beware of the Yahoos. That's what Pastor Colleen said today. She said, beware of the Yahoos. 
Now look at how the thought begins. You have received Christ as Lord. Sometimes we get confused in our faith. We get confused about what we believe. Sometimes we get a little lost on the way. And it's good in those moments to stop and to remember, what is my faith about? What is going on? Jesus met us and invited us to know him. And sometimes we have to go back to the basics of who we are and the decision that we made at that moment. Recently, I had to remember this myself. I was juggling a lot of things and I was wondering if any of it mattered. Lord, does it matter? This thing, these things that I'm doing, does anyone care? Like what's happening right now? And I had to stop. Someone prayed over me. And I had to stop and go back to the foundation of my 13-year-old self and remember the moment that I got up in that gaggle of youth people and I said, I heard Jesus' voice say, now is the time. I'm inviting you now. If you want to come and follow me, I would love that. And I got up in front of all my friends. It was Kind of embarrassing. I didn't care. I did it anyway. Be brave, people. And I had to go back to that moment. Remember the moment I said yes to Jesus. Remember my baptism. Remember the times along the way. That's so powerful. Sometimes we get lost. People say all kinds of stuff. We, we're like, who are we? Why am I here? Sometimes we have to go back to move forward. Jesus, why do I follow you in Paul says, remember you have received Christ as Lord, Lord of your life. So then he says, as a follower of Jesus, since you have received him, keep walking in him. Now, lots of commentators say lots of things, and I honor that. But I was kind of thinking simple today, because today is a little bit of a simple day for me. And I like the image of Jesus walking. Jesus walked everywhere. Jesus didn't have shoes. He didn't have a car. We tell the kids in chapel, you know, there weren't even cars. Jesus didn't probably even have a donkey. He just walked everywhere. Jesus walking and me going with him. Just walking with Jesus. Stop and picture your life, just you walking with Jesus, asking questions. Jesus, what the heck about that today? Being real about who you are, telling Jesus your struggles, saying, Jesus, I'm sorry, I was such a jerk yesterday. That was me. I was a jerk yesterday. We do those things. We walk with Jesus, and then we stop, and we, we listen, and we receive what Jesus has to say to us. Receiving Jesus is not a one-time thing. It happens every day when we walk with him. We ask and then we receive hope or truth or life or direction or just presence. Sometimes we need Jesus just to like put his arm around us and say, I know, I know, I'm here. We are real with Jesus and then Jesus receives us as we are. We don't have to wear a mask with Jesus. We don't have to pretend with him. Jesus knows. Be real with the Lord. We tell him our struggles and then we receive comfort. We confess and we receive forgiveness. Walk in Christ might simply just mean walking with him every day to give him who we are and then to receive what he has for us that day. Now, the next part is being rooted in Jesus. And I thought a lot this week about what it means to be rooted in Jesus. In my own mind, I thought about 
rooted as mature or loving the Lord or maybe a form of stability. And as you might imagine, it means literally to take root, to be firmly established and solidly in place while focused on the source of that strength that keeps you in one place. The Greek here is in the passive voice, which means that the, the source comes from outside ourselves. When we are rooted, what are we rooted in? Surely the love of God. The love of God is what roots us and enables us to grow and to be built up in Christ. I thought about rootedness a lot this week. There are lots of different kinds of rootedness that we experience in this world. I got to live in the same house all my life growing up, and that was a special kind of rootedness that I had. God's people have been a rootedness place for me, that I have been in places where they have been real with me and I have been real with them, and we could be on the journey walking with Jesus together. This church has been a place of rootedness for me. Of course, Mark Bates and Olivia Bates. But Paul has reminded us that our rootedness is in Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives us all of the good things. Jesus is the one who's been in all the experiences of our life. Because like you, I've also had bad places. Places where I thought I was rooted. And I found out that I wasn't. Places where there was no there there. Places where belonging was yanked up unexpectedly. Places where the love wasn't authentic or centered in the holiness of God or wasn't healthy. But when we're rooted in Jesus, then it doesn't matter what pots we're in and what garden we're in. We're planted and we're built up in his love because our roots are in him and not in anything else. Paul says being rooted will help us establish us in the faith. I have a plant that my mother-in-law gave us 30 years ago. I think she was worried I didn't know how to garden. She's like, here, Colleen, this is something green. Put this in your house. She would be so happy to know that we still have it. It's in the same pot. We have carried it with us wherever we have moved. And it sits in a prominent place in our house. And it has gone through the ups and downs. Not looking real good right now, but I'm working on it. Kind of like we all go through the ups and downs. But I love it because she firmly planted it. And it reminds me of her. She established the plant and it grew. Plants are made to grow. You are made to grow. I helped the plant grow, but it grew because that's what plants do in the right conditions. How is your faith being fed by God? How is God nurturing you and wanting you to grow right now? How are you continuing to learn from Christ? Paul's last statement is about abounding in thanksgiving. We come this week and the focus is on counting our blessings, which can mean a lot of things. There's a concerted effort to make sure that we are mindful of all that we have. And maybe God is part of that, and maybe he's not, depending on who we are and what we believe. On one hand, we could say how giving thanks is an overflow of the gratitude we mindfully cultivate in our hearts. We might also remember all the pieces that we talked about today of receiving Christ as Lord, walking in him, being rooted and built up into him, being established from the faith that the first followers handed down to us. And we naturally abound in thanksgiving. 
because of our loving, gracious God, so many people stood up today. What a beautiful thing to listen to one another, to give praise to the Lord for the things in our life. My time today is really meant for us to pause and reflect on the biblical truth about what it means to express gratitude. Because that's what real thanksgiving is. It's not a cultural thing. It's about making known one's gratefulness that comes from our heart. And I want you to notice how Paul puts the expression of gratitude after the affirmation of who we are in Christ Jesus. Listen to one, how, how one commentator puts it. His name is Pastor Richard Lucas. To be bursting with thankfulness, that's a picture. To be bursting with thankfulness is a true witness of the spirit within us. For the voice of thanksgiving speaks without ceasing of the goodness of God. The voice of thanksgiving speaks without ceasing of the goodness of God. The voice claims nothing. It sees no merit in the human ability to receive, but focuses only on God's giving. It marvels at the Lord's mercy it is the language of joy just because it need look no longer to its own resources. It is an expression of dependence on our creator. It is the speech of the psalmist and the heart language of the apostles. To be bursting with thankfulness is the best test of how we may test the authentic quality of our spiritual growth. Wow. This week, we focus on gratitude. That is beneficial and lovely, and all of us should do that. To think deeply about what we have, to recognize the gifts that we have freely been given, bathes our souls in the grace of God. But Paul is reminding us of something essential here, that the core of our thanksgiving comes from knowing Christ as Lord and the transforming life that he brings to us. This is the part of the rooted conversation I want you to hold on to. Because we can find roots in all kinds of places, and we do, and that is a happy thing. But if having those things is the only source of our thanks, then our attitude is going to go up and down as those things come and go. As we have a place of belonging in those places, and when we don't and how we feel about those things. When we are rooted with Jesus, that gives us a home forever. Then we have the abundance of thankfulness every day of the year before we even think about any temporary blessings here. So let us be content, regardless of the circumstances we have been given, as we rejoice and burst with thankfulness and appreciation to Christ Jesus, the giver of our true life. Let us pray. Oh God, what a gift to be here today. We recognize, Lord, that we are guests at the table you have prepared, you have given, and we are thankful, Lord, for the beauty of this day, for the nourishment that is spiritual and physical. We thank you, Lord, for friends and family and music, for the opportunity to give, but most of all, God, we remember. We remember the cross. We remember your invitation, Lord, to follow you, to walk with you. 
so that no matter what, no matter where it is, Lord, that you lead us, no matter where we go, that we belong to you. And so we say, thank you, God. And we praise and we honor your name today. And all of God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.